This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Jeff Reed, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Today, we're excited to have the Steelers' two-time Super Bowl champion kicker, Jeff Reed. Jeff, welcome to the show. Where in Steeler Nation are you currently living? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, in Char- I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've uh, been here pretty much uh, 31 years of my 41 years of life outside of the uh, 10 years in Pittsburgh. Nice. And what's a typical day like for you now since COVID and everything happening down in Carolina? What steps are they taking down there to keep safety for everybody? Well, I'll tell you, man, it's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> up there in Pittsburgh, because that's where my, uh, that's where my sister lives up in Pittsburgh. So yeah. uh, it was pretty crazy there. And mm-hmm. they're pretty much, not, not wide open, but they're in their green phase. And uh, down here in North Carolina, um, we, we started opening some things up, and I'm like, all right, cool. But the gyms still aren't open. Theaters aren't open. Um, and, you know, you can go to a restaurant bar, but you can't go to a, you can't go to a bar. It doesn't have food. Uh, it's, it's not open. Uh, so it's, it's really, really slow here. Um, there's not a whole lot to do. Um, you can go to a restaurant, but obviously the tables are spread apart or there's X's on the tables you cannot sit at. Um, oh, okay. um, you know, there's – I mean, I went to South Carolina um, for Memorial Weekend mm-hmm. to the beach, and it was wide open. I mean, you would have thought nothing was going on. Wow. And that's why they have so, so many new cases, because they're starting to reclose some restaurants be- because of the high amount of cases, because there was no kind of social distancing going on at all there. But in North Carolina, it's really slow. Like, I think our next phase opens on the 26th, so it, it'll be a little bit. Wow. Wow, that's because yeah, each state is doing it differently, but it is interesting from a uh, just a, a general perspective to hear how each state is handling the COVID outbreak. We're, we're, we're in Maryland now, too, and I think we're in phase three of reopening, and we just started doing um, restaurant seating at 50% capacity last week, and I think we're opening up gyms this Friday. So slowly trying to incrementally reopen, but it's obviously right. different for everybody. So uh, you are – Carolina boy we we know that you grew up and went to high school there and you played for the Tar Heels uh did you punt and kick there and no I was uh actually I was a walk-on I went there for journalism for the for the uh journalism school mm-hmm. I did get my degree in journalism and a minor in communications um but I walked on there because as soon as I moved from Oklahoma to North Carolina mm-hmm. um you know like Michael Jordan was like the guy, I mean, I wasn't a basketball player, but Michael Jordan was the main reason I chose Chapel Hill. Wow. Uh, you know, and you, and you, and and you learn to hate Duke and hate NC state and hate <laughs> Wake Forest and all that. <laughs> yep. So basically when you move to North Carolina, um, unless you've just been a fan your whole life and live somewhere else, you pick one of those schools and ride with it. And, um, 
So I walked on there. I was a kicker, um, field goals, field goals and kickoffs only. Okay. I did punt twice in a game because one was a fake and one was uh, the punter got hurt. Oh, wow. But that I was not I was not a punter. Nice. So you get through your career at then, and you the draft comes up. Obviously, it's really difficult for special teams players and mostly kickers specifically uh, to make it into the NFL. So. From your experience, how difficult was it for you to get a foothold into the NFL when you were first uh, starting out? Well, honestly, uh, you know, I was to get an actual opportunity on the college football field was a struggle. Um, As a walk on, there's five or six walk on kickers, you know, so you're just in a group with them. So you have to separate you have to separate yourself from from those guys first. And then you got to get the coaches to believe in you. So. I didn't actually. I was I was on the team five seasons. I I started the uh, second third the third game of my fourth year was my first time playing wow. in an actual game in college. Yeah. Um. And then uh, the, I didn't. Thank goodness I didn't look back. Uh. You know I I did well and earned a scholarship. But I mean it wasn't my fourth. It was in it was in my fourth. It was in my fourth year. So I was I was 21 years old. So just to get a shot to play uh, in college football in division one or really any college football was an, was awesome. Um, but then, yeah. you know, I, I was a nobody. I mean, no, I mean, I was on the grows on watch list. I was a semifinalist. I did do well enough to get a little recognition around the country, but ultimately, and I got all conference. I didn't get first team. Yeah. I think I, I one year I got honorable mention the other year I got second team, but nice. uh, so you, there's a, I mean, a few people know who I was, but no, nothing crazy. I didn't go to the combine, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, the only, I mean, shoot, our pro day, um, thank goodness, I graduated uh, the same year that Pe- Julius Peppers was leaving. So <laughs> oh, wow. Julius Peppers, Ryan Sims, uh, Ronald Curry, all all played and got drafted high in the NFL. So mm-hmm. every coach and every scout you can think of was at our facility, mm-hmm. and I was warmed up. It was hot. Um, I was, nobody was paying attention to me at all because they were all, they were all indoors just in case there was, you know, a storm, a storm or something. Uh-huh. So I went inside and I was like, okay, well, this guy, this guy to my right looks bored. Let's, uh, let me just ask him if he'll chart my kicks. Yeah. And little did I know, um, I think his name is, uh, Tom Gamble, who was a huge name, mm-hmm. um, as a player personnel guy in the NFL. And then, uh, I think he has XFL, all kind of stuff, but yeah. it was him. I had no idea who he was. He was working for the Colts at the time. He said, sure, I'll chart your kicks. And, I had a great day out there, um, and if I wouldn't have asked him, who knows if I'd have ever even got a workout. Uh, wow. And so, basically, he charted all my kicks. Mm-hmm. I think I was about 14 for 15, made a 60-yarder, wow. kicked off great. Yeah. And he charted all that, so he was going to – they actually were going to possibly draft me for kickoffs, um, believe it or not. Wow. And, 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 and and they didn't, um, but, yeah. Yeah. but he obviously said something to the right person to – to get my uh, to get my name out there, and uh, so you know, I was on the wire. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I just got a bunch of tryouts, and then I ended up with the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah. yeah, and that was just, that was strictly through a connection. That wasn't because I outsigned everybody in a tryout. It was strictly because my head coach at the time in Chapel Hill knew the special teams coach at the Saints, and he was like, "I know you got." I know you got John Carney there, who's a 35-year-old veteran, but yeah. you know, most back then it's different now because of roster spots. But back then there was always two kickers because you wanted to rest the veteran's leg. Yeah, and um, so, so I was that guy that came in. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. 
so I was that guy that they brought in just to, um, you know, be that, be that young leg and give him rest because I knew my role. I mean, yeah. yes, I, I kicked well, and yes, I could have, you know, Coach Hazlitt, Jim Hazlitt was the head coach, and McCarthy was offensive coordinator, and, uh, you know, they were like, yeah. they wanted to kind of hide me under the radar and keep me, but ultimately <laughs> they didn't want to take a chance on a rookie. Yeah. And so I was just like, they, they released me, um, and they, uh, you know, had, it was a long drive from New Orleans back to Charlotte, you know, and uh, because I just never knew if I'd get another shot, even though I did, I did well, and they gave me a lot of – they praised me and kept in touch with him a long time. But nice. so that was, that was how the journey started. Yeah. That, that's a great journey. And then Todd Peterson gets hurt for the Steelers in 2002 and you have a mid season tryout at Heinz field to become the kicker. So can you tell Steeler nation what that competition was like for that tryout and who you're competing against and what you had to do? Yeah, it was four, it was four guys. Um, all of two, two of them previous NFL guys. Um, they were just trying to get back in, and two of us were we hadn't played except for preseason. And um, it was in November. It was it was in November. Um, so coming from North Carolina, you know, we think cold here is 55 degrees. Uh, you know, it's it was it was sleeting. Um, it was the second year the Heinz Field was open, so that was wow. 2002 because it opened in 2001, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was, uh, the field was very muddy. It was very slick. I had, I did not have the right shoes on because I was used to playing on Bermuda grass, golf green kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we were, we were all pretty average. I don't think anyone's, um, um, really stuck out and, you know, was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, the entire organization was out there. I mean, from coach Cower down to the Rooney's, uh, or up to the Rooney's, should I say? Yeah. Um, so everyone was out there and, uh, you know, Josh Miller was holding, um, Mike Schnepp was snapping. I mean, it was like game time situation stuff. It was a cold, windy day, which is normal for Pittsburgh, but not when you're uh, not from there, so you're not used to it. So, um, wow. you know, I made the longest field goal, but I also missed a couple short ones. And, uh, and so, like I said, nobody stuck out. But I think what got me the job, um, actually, I know I, it has to be, um, because they didn't say, well, you just completely destroyed them in the competition. Yeah. Basically, everyone was complaining about the field and slipping and wanted a new, can I get another chance? I slipped. And I was just kind of like had a smile on my face because I was like, man, this is tough. This is, this is a tough place to kick, you know, because you always heard yeah. it was, you know, Heinz, the curse of Heinz Field, all these kickers that, you know, Chris Brown was great, and you know, but at three rivers, he was great. He went to Heinz Field, he struggled, and then he was great at Houston. Yeah. Uh, you know, but exactly. it was just the different, different climates and different uh, atmospheres. So, um, but I think my character got me the job just because I was like happy go lucky, just blessed to have an opportunity, and everybody else was kind of complaining. And I think that was kind of what put me over the edge. Nice. And then obviously the Steelers chose you and you won the competition and they brought you in and I know it's kind of difficult to join a team mid-season as the, as it's already rolling so how did the locker room embrace you and were there specifically any players that kind of took you under their wing to make you feel more welcome yeah uh so <clears throat> when I first got there of course of course, I uh, they put you up in the well. It was the Hilton at the time. I don't even know what that hotel is called anymore. Yeah. But they put you uh, they put you up in the Hilton. Um, all all I had about seven or eight tryouts in ten weeks, and every single one of them, I brought you know two or three days worth of clothes 
and everything else, just in case I actually, because they told me to, just in case I actually got the job. Yeah. And every single time I was sent back home. So this one I, I brought, I didn't bring another, I brought something to sleep in and just because I knew I was staying the night no matter what mm. and toothbrush and toothpaste. And that was it. Wow. And of course I got the job. So <laughs> I'm sitting there in a, in a, in a big room. I'm looking, watching ESPN. I see, I see on the bottom line, I see on the bottom line, my name going across that I got signed. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like I'm in the NFL <laughs> That's and, cool. uh, you know, being me being not, I mean, I'm, they didn't know I was a jokester at the time, but I, uh, when I was signing the contract, it was Kevin Colbert and uh, Coach Cower, and um, I mean, I had the chills talking about it because I mean that was a very uh, eye-opening experience for me, and that's something I honestly, it's not that I didn't think I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's just you know, there's so many great, there's so many great athletes out out there that never get a shot to even play in college. Yeah, and then to play at that level when there's only 32 kickers in the entire world at that level. Yeah, I mean, it's like you you don't even really it doesn't hit home until you're on that field. And uh, so I said, well, uh, since I'm definitely going to be here for this Cincinnati game, um, can I fly home, get some clothes for this week? Because this is the only tryout that I didn't bring anything besides a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Colbert, Kevin Colbert looked at me and said, if you don't kick well on this, is a, I think this was a Monday. If you don't kick well against Cincinnati, we're going to, you're going to, we're going to fly you home and you can stay there. So that was pretty much a uh, welcome to the NFL moment. Uh, wow. Probably should just kept my mouth shut. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, so uh, as far as the guys, I mean, nobody knew who I was. I mean, Dwayne Washington, is, I'll never forget it. He said, who's this dude? Why is he not on a team if he's good? And, I mean, we're, we're going into week 10, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, week one for me, but week 10 for the, you know, they're, they're fighting for the playoffs. Yeah. And so now I'm part of something huge. And, uh, you know, it's just nobody knew who I was. I was kind of like. Man, I was starstruck. I was playing with Jerome Bettis and Heinz Ward. Yep. Man, I, I used I grew up watching Cordell and, and play with Colorado, and I mean everything was cool. Like it was just a different, different breed. But you got to get over that quick because ultimately you're just as big a part of it as anybody else. Yeah. And uh, so the good thing about me is I have a strong mentality. Um, did I have some, a couple off games? Of course I did. Um, but the way as a kicker, it's about eighty to ninety percent mental. So I mean. Obviously, if you make it to that level, that you know how to kick. It's just a matter of you can you cannot let other people um, dictate how you kick. Um, so it's, it, your mind has to be super strong. But Charlie Batch was the main guy. Took me under his wing. Yeah. For whatever reason, um, the first night I was there, I didn't really talk to anybody. I mean, I went to the hotel, went to sleep, and was at the facility the next day mm. and met everybody. And he took me out that night to dinner. Um, Welcome me to the team. Welcome me to the city. Obviously, Charlie's from yeah. uh, Pittsburgh anyway. So he, you know, he he's from the waterfront area. So he was a local anyway. And I grew up watching him in Detroit, you know. So yeah. it's just like, it was just, it was kind of surreal, you know. And, uh, but he, to this day, uh, we talk all the time. I mean, oh, cool. he just, we just, he's just a good dude. And uh, yeah. so he, all the players were very welcoming. And when they saw me kick, they were even more welcoming because uh, I did well and they were, you know, Todd had been, Todd had been struggling, and and then he got hurt. Um, and then also Chris had struggled the year before, so they were probably just kind of like, you know, is this guy going to suck or what? You know, it's probably their it was probably their mentality. Yeah. Um, but you know, they uh, they all were you know the first game. I mean, you go out there on the field, and I uh, I mean, I mean, I think I made an extra point <laughs> in the crowd that has like a standing ovation. I'm like, what is wrong with these people, man? <laughs> Like I'm supposed to make these. <laughs> then I made a then like then I made a I made a 44 yarder, uh -huh. 
and it was like my ears were ringing and i'm like dude this is crazy like i know they're you know i, I already I already always knew because i grew up a kansas city chiefs fan i was born in kansas city yeah and that is the loudest outdoor stadium I've ever played yes. in my life. Yes, and, very known for that. Uh, so, so that, of course, we hated the Steelers because they always beat Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, back in my younger days okay. <laughs> with, like, a Neil O'Donnell, I think it was, and whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> so I, uh, you know, it, it was it was really cool. So then during a TV timeout, um, of course, we didn't have any Pittsburgh Steelers stuff in our family because we didn't like them. Um, but <laughs> yeah. you you learned to you, you learned to love them overnight real yeah. quick, yeah. and because uh, they'll be paying your bills and stuff. <laughs> and, and still, and and, uh, and Steelers Nation is uh, you know something not to mess with, man. It's it's great. And so I, I look up in the stands and I knew where my parents were sitting because they all had Tar Heel stuff on, and that obviously sticks out in a black and gold stadium. Yeah. So I looked up, waved to them during a the TV timeout, and. I guess the crowd thought I was trying to get them into it um, because I had just made a field goal and I was just waving to them like, oh, my God, this is a – I'm really playing in the NFL. I'm really on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I really just made a kick. Oh. And so I'm waving to my family, and then all of a sudden the entire the entire uh, stadium starts chanting Reed. Oh. And, I mean, I was – and I was just like, man, what is going on? I mean, it was like – it's like I was – it was a great dream, and it was real. And, uh, oh, cool. so anyway, so that was, that was my very first game. And that was probably not, I was probably in the second quarter uh, of my first ever game in NFL regular wow. season game. And, uh, so it was very welcoming, uh, ever after that game, uh, you know, Hines is like, I'm going out with you tonight, man. You don't know how great this city is when we went. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, all right, whatever. You know, I'm sitting there at 20, 23 years old. I'm like, whatever, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm game for whatever. If you want to hang out with me, man, that's a blessing. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, but yeah, so Jerome and Hines and all the guys took me out, and man, we had a blast. And that was just the beginning of a great, um, not a little over nine year career, man. Oh, great! And that's a that's a great welcome to Pittsburgh and an awesome story to share. Um, we also, as Steeler fans and Steeler Nation, know you as Quadzilla. So, how did you get that nickname, and who gave it to you? Uh, I believe it was Josh Miller. Uh, he was another uh, jokester, um, yeah. so we fit in well with him. Um, he, uh, I think it was him. I, I don't know 100%, but I'm pretty sure he did. And um, I had a few nicknames that I don't know where they came from because I, I, they, they didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like Skippy was one. I don't know what that was. I had no idea. Um, and, and But, yeah, Quadzilla is kind of fitting because most kickers are, you know, over six feet and skinny, and I wasn't either. Yes. Um, I was 5'11 and, and stocky like a linebacker. So uh, didn't have a linebacker mentality, uh, but definitely had a linebacker build. And, um, you know, so I, I get, I mean, it was fitting. I think it was Josh Miller that gave me that. And, uh, I, every autograph signing I do to this day, um, I still, I still put that on a lot of people's stuff. Nice. <laughs> so I want to take you specifically to a game in 2007 where you played in probably the worst conditions I've ever seen on a football field. And you were the difference oh, yeah. because it was a three, nothing game against the dolphins. Um, can you mud bowl? Yes. The mud bowl. So can you talk about the field conditions that day and, like, what it was like to kick on it? Uh, it was awful. Um, and if I said any, <laughs> any other thing, uh, I'd be completely lying to you. Um, yeah. Well, the, you know, I was excited because they had just replaced the field. But what they did, because it was yeah. a quick replacement because the field was in such bad shape, uh -huh. that they put a field on top of the field. Oh. I mean, because it was – but which is, which is if it's dry – it may be a little bit slick, but it'd be all right. Well, we had a monsoon, as you know. Yes. So 
it made it ten times worse than it would have been if we didn't they didn't replace the field. It was just bad luck. Um, because you know, I, you know, it is in Pittsburgh. The sun will be out, and two minutes later, it's snowing. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it, it's unpredictable. And they had that in their mind because people were getting hurt and slipping and sliding. But anyway, so because uh, who were we playing? We were playing the Dolphins. It was Jay Feely, mm-hmm. uh, was their kicker, and he told me before the game. He said, "Unless it's an extra point, I'm not kicking a field goal." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, why would? Why not?" He said, "I'm not. I'm not screwing up my stats." And I said, "Oh, really?" <laughs> so Coach Thomas came up to me and yeah, yeah. Coach Tom came up to me and said, uh, what are your thoughts? And I said, I said, Coach, I've I've been doing pretty well this season, but ultimately, man, I want to win. And I said, if we have to win three, this is before the game. I said, if we have to win three to nothing, I don't care if I miss five kicks. Yeah. And he goes, all right, I like that mentality. And, I mean, I went out there for one kick. It was 44 yards. And, I mean, my foot was underground. I don't even know how the ball didn't get blocked. I mean, it was just all. And then, obviously, I mean, it was like it was a – kid trying to kick for the first time in his life that's how i felt yeah. and uh so so you know luckily uh luckily towards the end of the game when we were going back and forth um i got an opportunity i think it was a 27 yard or 24 27 something like that and, and it was like the driest most perfect spot on the field oh, uh, nice. for however that worked out <laughs> i have no idea uh, but i didn't slip um the ball was a great snap great hole great protection and you know i did my thing and but it was uh, – it was. I played in some interesting weather. Obviously, if you play just one season with Pittsburgh, you're going to come across a couple interesting games because you play in Cleveland and everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, I played on baseball dirt in Miami and Oakland. That was awful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just totally different. You know, you need a different cleat for that, but you don't have time in the middle of the game to change a plant foot cleat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. so you just find a way. Yeah. I mean, if that's your home stadium, you find a way to do it or you find the shoe's going to work the whole game. Yeah. But when you're not there, you, all you do is a walkthrough on the field. It's hard to it's hard to judge. I mean, yeah. But uh, anyway, and I played in you know negative 27 degrees in, in Cleveland on Thursday night football. That mm. was terrible. Yeah. Only time I ever lost to the Browns. We just didn't. The whole team didn't show up. Yeah. That was, um, that was the eighth. You know, so game, I think it, it, that one was right. Wasn't they like eight turnovers. Yeah, we lost. Thir- we lost. Yeah, we lost 13 to six. And yeah. you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. I mean, we <laughs> just didn't play well. Um, yeah. yeah. It was Thursday night football. They told everyone, please don't leave your houses. It's, it's miserable. It's, you know, yeah. life-threatening weather. And, of course, we're out there playing football. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, that's, that's just the way it goes. They don't cancel games for weather unless there's lightning. So, uh, you know, so it was uh, – I played some interesting games, but that one for sure. I mean, well, the rest of my life or in, my li- in the people's lives uh, that are younger kids that grow up, there's always going to be a mud bowl three to nothing. It'll always be – in the record book, just like the ice bowl and the other games like that. And they're memorable. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And one of the most iconic things that I remember just visually from you is the year that you dyed your hair blonde. I think it was in 2008. Can you tell Steeler nation yes. why you chose to dye your hair blonde that season? Well, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but as a teenager, I worked, I worked for Ric Flair and, um, really? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I still watch my Monday Night Raw and my Friday SmackDown and the pay-per-views to this day. Uh, I know it's a male soap opera. Awesome. Um, and I know it's not, and I know it's not all real. Um, yeah. But those guys are some crazy athletes. Yes, um, they are. And the women, should I say, women and guys. Yeah. And you know, I, I worked for Rick. It used to be Rick Flair's Gold's Gym here in Charlotte. You know, Rick's from Charlotte, and I was just one of those 
one of those guys that cleaned the mach- clean the uh, machines and helped old ladies and old dudes go through uh, machines. Just had to show them how to do it right. So yeah. they called me a trainer, but I was not certified. So that, if that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and so I told my teammates, as soon as we make the playoffs, because we were doing well and I knew we were going to, I'm going to dye my hair like Ric Flair. And James Ferrier was the first one to say, whatever, you're not going to do that. And so we made the playoffs about week 11. Uh-huh. And so I came back to the facility um, uh, a day or two later and had my hair like that. And, and Coach Tomlin said, what are you doing? I said, man, you know I'm unpredictable, man. All you need to worry about is me making field goals. Don't worry about my hair. <laughs> yep. And Yeah, and he was, uh, he, was, he, he, was, he was fun to play for. And Coach Gower was awesome, too. So I can't really – uh, you know, say anything bad about those guys and the Roonies or anyone. They're awesome. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, my motivation behind it was I shave my head every off season uh-huh. and I let it grow throughout the entire season. All I do is get my neck and my sideburns trimmed throughout the year. Yeah. And that's just what I did. And uh, so I actually sold that hair. I saved it that year and sold it on, uh, I, I had a friend sell. I didn't want to do it because I felt like that was, pretty stupid for me to sell my hair and he did it and made like 50 bucks but so somebody's got my hair somewhere unless they put it unless they threw it away um but yeah so that was the motivation was uh trying to get it to look like rick flair very cool i can't do my rick flair woo <laughs> since i had my call yeah. a bit earlier but man he was a heck of a wrestler yeah, yeah. as well <laughs> yeah he's a trip yeah and uh so you played for both coach cower and coach tomlin like you were mentioning and how did each of them approach special teams and most specifically kicking? Was there a difference between their approaches? Um, I would, I would I, I say the main difference is Cowers is an in-your-face kind of person, as you can see as you get spit on on the sidelines sometimes because yeah. he's, you know, he's emotional into the game. Yeah. Um, and so he would, he would uh, you know, if you screwed up or if you did great, he would let you know. Um, <laughs> and, but, but he was a special teams player. Yeah. So, he took a ton of pride in um, coach, coach Tomlin took a ton of pride in it as well, but was, but knew that kickers are a different breed, just like hockey goalies. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. now like at a practice or something, he'll talk to you, everything. Okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to game and stuff, man, he didn't he'd, he'd get, you know, he'd give me a pound or something or say, keep your head up. If I didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was it. You know, he would just kind of let me do my thing and you let me work my way out of the punt. Um, but mo- I didn't have too many funks, thank goodness, or else I wouldn't have been there nine years. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. the, uh, so, but they, they were, they both took it very seriously. I mean, it is a third of the game. Um, a lot of people say, uh, even, even today, oh, you're just a kicker. Well, you know, just a kicker can Jeez. win you a game, make or break your season. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, and, and, and the people that say that cannot even kick a soccer ball. So, <laughs> but just, just like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I can play quarterback or defensive back or linebacker because it's not, it's not my talent. Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, they took it very seriously. Um, I mean, some, some, co- some, uh, some teams did not, and it was evident. And some, I mean, we had starters on kickoff team. I mean, I had James yeah. Harris, Clark Higgins, Hines Ward even ran down on Deshay Towns and ran down on kickoffs. I mean, wow. like, wow. So, uh, obviously, if, if you have guys like that on your special teams, they take it seriously because you don't want to get them hurt. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you don't want the other team to return it for a touchdown or get out to the 40, 50 yard line. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, for you then personally, how different is it for you kicking in the playoffs and the Super Bowl versus kicking in the regular season? It's not different. Um, I wish that your, uh, I mean, obviously your stats do matter, but they don't add those to your 
actual game, your point totals and everything, uh, you know, they, they don't count as your stats, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but see, a lot of people overlook it, and I mean, I didn't even realize it until I looked back at my career when I was done. Mm-hmm. I missed my first kick in the playoffs ever and then made 17 straight. Wow. And, you know, like I said, t- and I didn't even realize that until yeah. I was done playing because I always take it as you're only as my, my, my theory was you're only as good as your last kick. Yeah. So if you hit five for five, you win by three, that's awesome. But, man, if you miss that one, 25 yarder and cost your team the game uh who cares about the five for five yeah uh so that's just how that's how you had to approach it so um so you know basically i i mean is it more pressure no i mean but your your team's season is on the line at all times mm. i mean literally in the super bowl uh super bowl 43 mm. in tampa I was I was playing with a partially torn hamstring in my kicking leg. Nobody wow. knew that because I didn't want it. I told the trainer to not tell anyone. I said because yeah. it's the Super Bowl. I am not sitting out. Yeah. I said if my leg flies off on national TV, that'll be a story everyone will remember. <laughs> I said so. You know, I'm either going to play or I'm going to really get hurt. And so you know, towards the end of that game, before Ben and San Antonio connected down uh, down barely with awesome play, getting getting his feet in. Yeah. I was good. I was pretty much going to be set up for a 50-yard field goal to tie the game. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, and 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 I was mentally ready, um, but my body I know was fatigued. Um, but I knew that going into the game, and I kicked fine. So yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just uh, so that's of course that's pressure because you make that, you tie the game, you make the you make the kick in overtime to win the game. You may be going to Disney World. Yeah. Uh, and yep. if you and if you uh, if you miss one of those or both or whatever. Um, you, you know, you're, you're catching all kind of hell, like the Chicago bears kicker. Um, so, yeah. you, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very hitter. It's it, your, your job's 1.3 seconds. That's it. If it's mm. more than that. You're going to get a block. Yeah. Um, but it's 1.3 seconds, maybe four or five times a game. And mm. that you, you put all that training in all that effort, all that practice, um, for about 10 seconds a game. So that's, uh, that's what you have to realize as a mentality state of a mental state of a kicker or punter. Hunter's a little bit longer because it's a deeper snap, but yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's what you train for. You train for seconds, not like sixty minutes. Mm. So, um, was there any specific plays? Because you did really well in that Super Bowl. You hit all of your uh, you hit your two field goals. You hit your all of your extra points. Obviously, in, in, in a close game. Um, did you did it hurt when you were kicking when you were when you had to hit those field goals or extra points or kick off? Man, I took I took any painkiller I could get my hands on. So uh, no, it didn't hurt. Um, but after that game, when everything wore off and the adrenaline went away, um, I couldn't walk. Um, but ultimately, you won the Super Bowl, so you don't care. Yeah. Um, so and uh, and, I, and I didn't. By no means did I want to hurt my team. But I also knew I was a captain. I had a great year. Um, there's I'm not stopping now. Yeah. And. Uh, that's that was just my mentality. Like I, I'll have to find a way to make this work. And uh, so, throughout the game, I mean, yes, I felt it, um, but I, you know, I took anything I could get my hands on to make it through the game. Um, probably paying for that now, my liver and other things and <laughs> kidneys. But, uh, uh, but, but you know, that's uh, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, you, you choose to play a sport. At some point, you're going to take more than an ibuprofen, um, just because. I mean, you're whether you're playing football, soccer volleyball or no contact sports it doesn't matter yep. you, what you put your body through it's it's not built to do those things and uh so so yes it hurt but you know there's i always told people when i trained in the off season 
I only took two. Uh, I took about two, two and a half, maybe three weeks off after the season was over. And that's it. And I was right back into it because I knew if I took too much time off, I was not getting myself better for next year. And one of the things I did is I, I trained two times a day, um, both very intense. One's focused on cardio. One's focused on uh, flexibility and strength. And then, but I would push myself so hard, you'd actually strain muscles doing that. Wow! Uh, because when you're tired, you all of a sudden you run a sprint. Oh. And doesn't mean you're going to be the breaking record sprint, but you still sprint. So you're trying to push yourself. Well, you're actually straining muscles. So in situations like that, when it comes in the game, um, unless you're obviously tear the muscle or tear an ACL or something or your Achilles, obviously that's different. But yeah, yeah. if you're if your muscles hanging on by a thread, you felt that pain somewhere before. Mm. Um, so that's that goes back to training. I mean, when you see these guys, it's going to be interesting since we've been in this. Uh, pandemic uh, how these guys are in shape but yeah it, when you see these guys going preseason and tear their achilles and stuff it's because they don't train right mm. i mean yeah there's freak accidents um yeah. but you can't all of a sudden go to a field and just you know all of a sudden be a great receiver or defensive back like you know you're capable of because you're a freak of nature you're a freakish athlete but you got to train like that and so so that, i think a lot of that goes to training um and that's why you'll see a a lot of injuries in the preseason that have non-contact because it's, I don't think the training's right. And you had a fantastic career with the Steelers. You won two Super Bowls in 2010. You were cut by the Steelers. Can you walk us through what happened and everything leading up into you, uh, into that moment? Uh, I was kind of blindsided. I didn't think, uh, I, I, it was probably one of the worst days of my life. Um, I did. It was right after the Patriots game. Um, I yeah. missed a 27 or 26 yards, something like that. I mean, we, we got our butts kicked, so I don't think the three points really changed the game. However, yeah. I did miss a short field goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was a captain. I was a franchise player. Uh, I was had the franchise tag. And, yeah. you know, I just I thought I was going to have another three to five years in Pittsburgh. And, man, it just, it, it just didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, I was never really told. Um, I was never really told, like, you know, what the reason was. So I don't know if they were making an example out of me. Um, I don't know if they really thought because I missed a short field goal that my mind was gone because that wasn't true. Yeah. Um, but you're on, on, ultimately, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't sit there and say Coach Tomlin or Kevin Colbert or this person said this. Uh, you know, they didn't. Um, they just kind of – all they give you is a, we're going to move in a different direction kind of, kind of a statement. And uh, it was awful. I uh, couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, two hours after I got cut, the Bengals called and yeah. wanted me to go to their team. Yeah. Because um, I knew that coach very well because playing against him so long, he's just a good guy. Yeah. And uh, and I I wasn't mentally prepared yet to go put on a different uniform the, the, in five days. And yeah. so I said, I told my agent, um, give me give me a week or two. Um, I, I still want to play, but let me clear this clean slate. Mm-hmm. And also, and I didn't know this until it happened, but if you – if you get released by a team and you go in there in the, uh, in their division or in the AFC, uh-huh. um, then you cannot, uh, you don't get playoff. I think, I, th- I think it was, you don't get playoff money because really, uh, if, if your team, if your team makes the playoffs, because they don't want you 
siding with your old team, which would make no sense because you got fired basically by them. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they don't want you. Yeah, they, yeah. There's something with playoff money that you didn't get if you were in that same conference. So I went to the NFC in San Francisco. Oh wow! And I thought that was my best opportunity to make the playoffs, and uh, uh, we didn't. But we certainly had the talent to, um, but we blew it. Um, so that, that's why I chose them because it was like, you know. Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to San Francisco, California, Santa Clara, California, just to clear my head and completely start over, and hopefully I, I'll i be here a long time, and I didn't because they went from Mike Singletary, who was my coach, to uh, yeah. John Harbaugh, and he brought in his own guys. That's 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 the nature of the beast. Yeah. And then I, went, then I went to Seattle, and I thought, I mean, I kicked great. Um, it was the first year where the kickoffs were moving up yeah. uh, to the 35, so, I, so that was a benefit for me because I was older. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, and so I thought, and I kicked great. I mean, I was, I was nine for 10 in the preseason. And the one I missed was like 53 yards and got blocked. Yeah. And uh, I thought I had the job and probably 30 minutes before the deadline of releasing people, um, I got the call. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and they, they said we're going to go a different direction. I mean, it was a one year, it was a one year deal. Yeah. Uh, and it was like $900,000. It was my minimum, 855, something like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I got a roster bonus of like 50 grand if I made the team and I didn't, so I didn't get that. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I signed a huge deal and they're saving money and I just want somebody younger and we actually ended up getting a Super Bowl there uh, with them. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's corporate America. I mean, they don't, they're on to the next one. They don't care about you. Um, yeah. Ultimately, uh, not to say they don't like you as a person, um, but they, if they're, if they got the mindset on something, they're going to do it. And uh, it's just, and just like the older you get in the real world, uh, which NFL is the real world, but it is a different beast. Um, like if, if you can pay a kid straight out of college 30 grand less, they're going to fire you. They're going to lay you off. Um, yeah. That's just the way that goes. Um, you know, so it was the same thing. I mean, it took a younger guy, a little bit stronger leg, um, mm-hmm. not nearly as consistent yeah. as I was, uh, but – I mean, shoot, he's still, I think he's still in the league. So, uh, you know, good for him. But, you know, I, you, you don't ever want to get fired from any of your jobs. But uh, mm-hmm. I I was, I could have probably played, well, being, depending on injuries, of course, uh, another three to five years had been good. Uh, but I never got another opportunity. I trained for three years after that yeah, uh, really hard and just never got another chance. And uh, unfortunately, because I have, shoot, I talked to Clark Higgins the other day and he said, dude, you and Vinatieri are on the same level, man. You, uh, I thought you were going to kick to you like you're you're 45, and I said, you know, Clark, if it was up to me, I would have. Yeah. Um, but it's not my choice. You know, all I can do is train and hope for an opportunity. And some people have better agents than others. Some people just have better connections than others. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I had a bad rap, but then again, I don't know what people say behind my behind my back. So yeah. um, it was just it was my time was up, but I was grateful for nine whole years in the NFL and most, most importantly for playing such a great franchise with Pittsburgh and uh, treated, treated well, uh, loved by 99.9% of everyone, um, enjoyed the community and won Super Bowls. So really you play the game. It's great to make money, but you can spend a lot of money too. Um, the coolest thing is to win a championship with, with your brothers, Yeah, and uh, that, which I did, and uh, two of them. And that, nobody can ever take that from you. Yeah, and that's a fantastic accomplishment that – you know, many of those kickers never get to experience as well. And um, I know you, you love kickers. You follow kickers. Um, Chris Boswell, obviously, currently on the team, had a Pro Bowl season in 2018. 
then in 2019, he had a terrible season. I mean, I think he missed seven field goals and five extra points. Um, usually, a kicker would be fired in that situation, but the Steelers stuck with him, and he had an excellent year last year. I think he only missed uh, two kicks total in the season, just two field goals. Um, how rare is it for a team to stick for a kicker that's struggling that much? You know, I, I think the kicking game has changed a lot. I think Chris did uh, Chris did awesome uh, two out of his three uh, past three years. But they, you know, he also got a huge contract before that season where he struggled. Yeah. Um, so they're thinking if we if we invested in this guy, we're going to give him another chance. Now, if he would have struggled last year at the beginning, he would have been gone. Yeah. Um, but I think. I think the kicking game the kicking game has changed a lot. Um, the value of the kicker has gone down. Hmm. Um, I mean, shoot, when I played, if you were under if you were under eighty two, eighty three percent, eighty five percent, let's just say, you were not in the top ten. <laughs> and and I mean, there's some great kickers now. Um, there's no doubt about it. And Chris is one of them. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, I mean. Everything's different. Like back when I played, I mean, I kicked the ball eight yards deep on a kickoff. Mm-hmm. and Josh Cribbs and Devin Hester and Dante Hall, these guys were all returning. Yes. I mean, now everyone just, if it goes one yard deep, they don't even catch it. Yeah. They put their arms to the side to, to tell their team, we're just going to take this on the 25-yard line. Yeah, because now it's a dead, and, dead you know, ball, too, when it hits the end zone now on the kickoffs. Yeah, now it's a dead ball as yeah. long as it hits in the end zone first. Gotcha. And, you know, so the guys don't even try to catch them. Uh, I mean, there's a couple couple teams like the Saints, their guy does, and again, the uh, Broncos, their guy does because they're great returners. But yep. so I just feel like the whole kicking game is, and I mean, uh, has has changed. And I don't I don't know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. um, but man, when I played, it was everybody I went up against: Phil Dawson, Shane Graham, uh, Matt Stover, uh, John Casey. Everyone yeah. I played against was great. Yeah, they weren't no, nobody was average. Nobody. Yeah, and. Uh, even the even the young dudes were awesome. So, mm. you know, and then Justin Tucker is unbelievable. Yeah. Chris Boswell is great. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many guys now that uh, they come out of college is like they even draft them, and the, and the guys are just. I guess it's a different mentality because mm. it's a higher level. But ultimately, if you play at a Florida State or a, uh, a Texas, a school like that, I mean, you should be okay playing in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, because those are those are huge those are huge teams, but. Um, but it's not the same, and uh, I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but the level talent level has gone down. Well, like you're saying too, like, like, there are some rule changes that did affect the kicking game, especially on kickoffs. Um, you know, sliding the the kickoff uh, line up closer too to make it a shorter kickoff. Because I remember back before they did that, you, you know, you had your kickers with your strong legs like you and and Tucker that would be able to hit the end zone no problem. But other kickers are hitting it right at the front of the end zone or between the five yard line and the end zone. So you know that aspect of it may have been a big shift and change for the way that that uh that teams even approach kickers because they used sometimes they they used to carry back then two kickers one person would be your kickoff specialist that's right just to get that yep. kick deep that's and right. into the end zone so it wasn't returnable and now that that position's essentially gone since they moved the the 5 yard rule up it, nobody carries two ticker, two kickers anymore so it's just kind right. of kind of interesting the way that the kicking game has changed and that and bringing the the field goal or the extra point back um, 10 yards as well, too, is, is a big change. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I I, I kind of get the extra point thing. Um, I mean, just because it makes it a little tougher, of course, because it's a different mentality. You go from a 20-yard field goal to 33. Um, but um, I think if you're going to do stuff like that, I mean, you want if you want to make the kicker is a bigger part of the game, except for game-winning opportunities, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, why don't you anything over 50 counts as four points? You yeah. know, why don't you do stuff like that? Yeah. Um, just just because if it's over 60, man, if you're down 18 to 13, mm-hmm. you can tie the game. Yeah. You know, do stuff like that if you're gonna if you're gonna skew the game and make want to make it more interesting, then do it. Yeah. Um, don't move the. I mean, extra points should be a 20 yard field goal. It's an extra point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, in my opinion. You yeah. know, you're not gonna do a fake extra point on the 15 yard line. You're no. just not gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. So so it takes that aspect out of it. Yeah. So you either line up at the two yard line and go for it, or you kick from the 15. So. Um, I, I mean, I, it, it is what it is. Nobody cares about my opinion, but as a <laughs> kicker, if you're going to make, if, if you're going to make the game more, more interesting then to do it, I mean, there's ways to do it cool. because ultimately that that's, that's a, that's the toughest play for those offensive linemen and tight ends and even defense alignment to come in and protect on field goal. Mm-hmm. That is the roughest play on them because they cannot give ground. Yeah. And, uh, and then, but, but the, but Goodell wants to talk about we're making the game safer. So that makes no sense. So, um, you know, you change kickoffs to where there's less contact. You can't have wedge busters and you can't have wedges anymore. Um, you know, okay, that is dangerous, but, but then you go to a pretty much a defenseless play for the field goal protection team. Cause they, all they can do is either dive down at knees cause they're going to get bull rushed wow, yeah. or, yeah. you know, or, or take a step out to the right. If you're on the wings, I mean, that's all you can do. You can't give ground because you will block the kick with your butt, with your butt. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, if you're going to make the game safer or more interesting, then do it. You know, don't don't do some and don't, not change the other. So a lot of Steeler fans, I mean, we obviously remember you because you were an awesome kicker. You won two Super Bowls. That's what we remember you for. But Steeler fans also tend to remember a moment that happened after the 2008 season Super Bowl uh, in New Alexandria, Pennsylvania at a Sheets uh, evidently something happened in the men's room and something happened to a paper towel dispenser or a, 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 a dryer, a hand dryer. But can you tell us from your perspective what happened so that we're more clear on, on what happened? Yeah, you know, I was uh, talking to you before we started uh, recording, and I said, you know, 99.9% of people remember me as a, as a community guy, an outspoken person, a funny dude, and a pretty successful place kicker for their franchise. But there's that small percentage. Um, all they talk about is, I mean, I've signed a hundred paper towel dispensers in the last, uh, you know, five years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but hey, yeah. man, I'm a good sport. It's all good. I'm a human being. But uh, yeah, you know, basically, I was so so we I had a had an appearance, um, uh, autograph signing, and appearance at a at a bar restaurant. I had a blast. Uh, my dad was with me. <laughs> So how much stupid stuff are you really going to do with your parents with you? Um, I mean, I'm sure I've gotten away with stuff I should have not have gotten away with when I was by myself or with my friends. Yeah. Um, but when you're with my with your parents, you're probably not going to, you know, act like a complete idiot um, yeah. because just out of respect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were raised better. Uh-huh. Right. So I was with my dad and a buddy, and uh, he, he had a couple friends with him. And we had a ride. We had a driver. Um, I mean – at the appearance, they had a, and I had a few cocktails, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, so all the belligerent drunk stuff is a lie. Yeah. Um, we stopped there before we got on the highway to get, you know, some chips and, and a, and a water or something. Um, and it was probably one in the morning mm-hmm. and, you know, go to the bathroom yeah. um, because we knew we had an hour drive or so. Yeah. And, uh, as I walked in, um, well, the lady working there was absolutely miserable. Um, I mean, she was just hated her job and her life or whatever else. And that didn't help the situation, but 
I'm walking in, and this dude, I, I have no idea who he was, two dudes, they were like, they, they like literally tackled, football tackled like the stand of potato chips. Wow. And it, 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 I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because I'm like, who does that, you know? So <laughs> so that's she, so she called the – she had already called the police on them. Yeah. Okay. So then so then I go into the restroom, mm. uh, my father and I, because yeah. there were only two stalls. Mm. And, I mean, we go to the bathroom, wash our hands. I hit – I literally hit the paper towel dispenser with the side of my fist. Mm. And a piece falls off the size of a, you know, an iPhone. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And the door was cracked, and the lady was has was already out there trying to clean up the mess that had just happened. Mm. And she saw she saw it, and it fell on the ground. And I picked it up, just kind of sit on the sink, and uh, I walked out. And she said, "I saw that." And I said, "Yeah, I just, neither one of the paper towel dispensers were working." So uh, you know, I was I see paper towels in there, but I couldn't get them, so I hit it. Yeah. I said, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much the extent. It's like if. If you go to a snack machine and your chips or cookies get stuck, you yeah. shake the machine to get it. <laughs> yeah. Same, same thing. Yep. Exactly. And we've all done that. Yes. You know, so, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it was pretty much along the same lines. It wasn't like I was in there drop kicking it and wrestling with it and making a scene. Yeah. My dad was in there. Yeah. Um. And you know, and he didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah. And he was stone cold sober. So. Yeah. You know, so if I if I was really that big of a deal and newsworthy, I'm sure my dad would have. Had a lot to say to me uh, off to the side, um, but anyway, so uh, you know, the lady goes, uh, "I already, I saw that." I said, "Yeah, no, I shouldn't have hit him, but I, there's paper towels in there. I can't can't get them." And uh, she goes, "Well, the cops are already on the way." And I said, "Oh, that's fine." I, I thought she was talking about like in general. Yes. And so I, I go outside. The cops pull up to the uh, where the driver was waiting for us, and uh, mm. they said it was probably the most ridiculous call they've ever got. Mm. Because she changed it from, because he, he, the, the police officer said, oh, yeah, it was uh, it went from somebody tackling potato chips to somebody hitting a paper towel dispenser. And I said, well, I don't, I said, I saw the potato chip thing. Yeah. But I did the paper towel dispenser. And I said, they're here. I said, the piece is the size of my cell phone. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah, this is ridiculous, but you're going to have to pay reparations. I said, that's fine. Yeah. I, I said, you know, I shouldn't have done it, but ultimately this is not a big deal. Yeah. And, uh. And the, and the police officer said, "Yeah, you're right. I know who you are. It's not going to be. It's not going to make the news. Nothing. Just I have to write you this ticket, so you have to pay whatever X amount to fix the paper towel dispenser." I said, yeah. "Okay." Yeah. So at six a.m. the next day, it's on national news. Oh, and I mean, <laughs> and, and it's like you know, and it's like, okay, yes, I hit a paper towel dispenser, um, but nobody was hurt. Yeah. I was not hammered. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, so that's the, that's the story, you know. And, and the police officer to my face said, "Do not worry about." not going to be a newsworthy thing but i, I guess he kind of wanted to make a name for himself mm. um and so he definitely called the news stations and there it was and to this day mm. and that happened uh what 12 12 13 years ago to this day i'm famous for that and yeah if that's what's going to make you famous i guess it's not too bad <laughs> well you were famous before that it's just that they had something else that they could just show up and talk to you about and it's interesting also because getting to hear it from your perspective also lets you know steeler fans know Sometimes news agencies just run with things and they say things and they say things that aren't accurate and they say things that try to get inside your head on what was going on that night and they're not accurate at all. And it's kind of a danger that NFL players or any, any athlete in general has to take when they get into a situation where, you know, police are ever involved, whether or not they're the, the yeah, or, biggest part of that moment. Yeah, or, or, or a celebrity or, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, I mean, you know you're in a fishbowl. You know people are out to get you sometimes, and, and you know that. Yeah. 
but you're still human. So you're not going to, you're not going to be perfect. You're, you may do something yes. stupid. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't out, I wasn't out there beating women and, uh, in, you know, in doing crazy abusive domestic violence things, you know, I didn't do any of that. I mean, I was, I was out there talking to everyone sitting at Penguins games with the, with the, with all, I'm, I'm a fan just like the fans next to me. I'm not yeah. separate. I'm not Mario Lemieux's box. Yep. Um, I'm not at Pirates. I mean, I, you know, I'm at Pirates games in the stands. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I sat in Mr. Rooney's box a few times, but you know, I'm I'm one of, I'm no better than the next person next to me just because I play for the Steelers or in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it's a job. Yeah. It's truly a job, and uh, and I so that's that was my perspective on everything. So mm. I'm okay. I like to be in public. I mean, okay, if I have a drink. It's okay. I shouldn't be judged for that. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, that's, but, but ultimately uh, you can be judged for that. Yeah. And so you have to be careful and have to be, uh, have to be cautious of who you're around at all times. Yeah. Now we're at the point of the podcast where we take questions from SteelerNation.com. Our forum members, they get to ask questions for our guests. And I've got a question related to what we were just talking about here from Slash Steel. Uh, he asks, he knows, he says, I know you're a pretty avid Penguins fan. You attended a lot of games. Do you still follow them? Absolutely. I haven't been to a Penguins game in two years, which I'm a little disappointed in myself about. Um, I was actually going to come up for the playoffs until this whole pandemic happened. Uh, I know they're still doing something, but I don't know about how yeah. fans can be there and stuff. I don't think there's going to be any fans. So, um, But, I, uh, yes, I have season tickets. Um, I love hockey. Cool. Uh, there's an AHL team here in Charlotte that's the affiliate to the Carolina Hurricanes. Nice. Um, so I go to a lot of their games. Um, What's the name of I know of that the team? vice president of the team. Uh, the Charlotte Checkers. Oh, cool. Charlotte Checkers. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're the American Hockey League. Actually, they won the, uh, I think it's the Calder Cup or Calder Cup, Calder yep. Cup, I think it is, yep. trophy uh, last last year. That's awesome. And they were going to be in the playoffs. Yep. I was, I was tight with the coach. A lot of the players I hung out with, just good. Hockey players are good dudes, man. They, uh, yeah, they're they a different are. breed, but, man, they're all. They're all so nice, man. They're not. They're not arrogant. I mean, it, it could be the goon, or it could be the you know a Sidney Crosby type of player, and everybody's just cool, man. And uh, so, yeah. To answer his question, yes, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I'll change that as soon as this all goes away. And then another member, uh, Drink Iron City, asks, "Do you have one play that stands out as your most memorable kick?" Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, because I like to say my very first one in the NFL in yeah. uh, in Heinz Field and. I told you about you yeah. know everyone standing ovation. They're chanting my name, so obviously I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, but the one kick I will say in the 2004 playoffs uh, when we were 15 and one and should have blown the Jets out, um, their kicker missed a few kicks, and yeah. uh, I got an opportunity. Uh, it was freezing. Uh, it was a long game. It was overtime, and I made a 33 yarder. Um, and obviously that kick was great and it was fun. But man, in the locker room. Um, I mean, I'm not a small dude, but when Jerome Bettis jumps in your arms like a baby and you catch him, <laughs> um, that's, that's, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of hurt my back a little bit, but ultimately I didn't feel the pain for a couple of days because, man, that the Hall of Famer jumped in my arms and yeah. told me he loved me because I, I got us through to the next round. No. And uh, that was, I'll never forget that because, I mean, that you, I can relive it right now. Mm. Um, I'd probably hurt myself, but I, <laughs> I can relive it right now and uh, it would feel like yesterday. So that was, I would say that was the most memorable kick I had one. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. Um, Blitz also asks, uh, he says, I remember after you dyed your hair, there were a lot of fake dyed blonde hair stealer visors that fans could buy. Were you a part of that marketing program, or did you get any kickbacks from that? 
You know, I, I should have, and that was the only reason they did those visors, and they yeah. still make them today, but no, I, didn't, I didn't get a dollar because oh. they didn't put my name on it, they, and they didn't put my number on it, so yeah. ultimately they can do what they want. Yeah. Um, I wish that person who created that would have approached me because I wasn't going to ask for millions of dollars. I just think it would be really cool, and I could advertise it more for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the reason That was the reason they did it, and I was you know, ultimately, because why else would they? Yeah. Um, but no, I got, nothing, I got nothing from it besides... Well, I did. I got a lot of fans wearing hair like mine, so I guess I got one from it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then Steeler Sask asks, do you think anyone had more fun than you while they were in the, in the NFL? Uh, I had a blast, man. I mean, I uh, I did some things I didn't ever think I'd do. I took some vacations I never thought I'd take. Um, I made some uh, brothers and friends for life through teammates. Uh, see, a lot of people just think that everybody's an instant millionaire when you, when you step on that field. And yeah. um, let me tell you something, it's rough. It's rough. Um, you have people coming from all directions. You lose a lot of friends when you're done playing, which yeah. is crazy, but it's true. Um, mm. I mean, shoot, I went, I went through something seven years ago um, where I got extorted. Um, so oh, because and it's just because I have a, I have a huge heart and I'm very giving and then the wrong person or wrong people will take advantage of you. Yeah. And uh, you know, when, when you have, when you have guns around you, uh, it's, it's a pretty dangerous situation. And yeah. um, so, Ultimately, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the story because it's it's sad, and, okay. and you don't you don't ever think it'll and you don't ever think it'll happen to you until it does. Yeah, and you're definitely caught off guard. <laughs> so, mm. uh, you know, so you know that stuff does exist. Um, it's not just on the news. Um, that's real um, because unfortunately, I had to live it. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but but you know, I had a, I had a blast, and uh, mm. you know, I just uh, and biggest thing is you learn about, a lot about life through the game of football. Um, you know, it's it's about leadership. It's about teamwork. Um, you know, I'm a motivational speaker now, so I always tell my story of how I got to the NFL and, you know, the sad parts, the great parts afterwards, um, what I'm trying to do now and what I do now. I mean, shoot, I broke my back in December. I mean, who, wow. who the heck would think you'd ever break your back unless you're in a car wreck or something? Yeah. And I was just working out. I mean, at 41 years old, broke my back. Wow. Um, and uh, that's a scary, it's a very scary situation because my whole left leg was numb. I was dragging it. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I'm on the mend and just started working out again. But, yeah. you know, nobody knows that. All they think about is, man, that dude's rich. He played in NFL. Yeah. Unless unless you're like tighter with somebody. And yeah. so I learned, you learn a ton about life and how to approach certain situations mm. when they come to you after football. Um, but you learn it from football, from the game of football. It's not all about X's and O's and kicking a piece of uh, leather through some yellow uprights. It's not always about that. You learn a lot more. And you don't – I don't buckle in pressure situations unless yeah. it's like, you know, if you're approached by a police officer or something, I know it's a little they're trying times now. But, I mean, yeah, that's nerve-wracking because you don't know what they're up to or yeah. what you did or you know what you did you got caught, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But most situations that are stressful for a lot of people don't bother me at all. And I learned it through football in my mentality. Mm. Um you know, so they, and I speak to people about that. I mean, I, I talk to kids yeah. and obviously I don't get too in depth with kids cause you don't, I mean, there's so many, so many kids into drugs and suicide and bullies and stuff now. So you have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I talk to CEOs of companies. I mean, that are multi, multi-millionaires that are miserable people. Mm. And you know, when you have 10 CEOs in a room and me, mm. and I tell people to put their phones down, put them on silent. And I want to have a real, real man conversation or yeah. women too. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk to people like that, uh, you know, you learn a lot. And so that's what I do now. I mean, I get my, I have my hands on a lot of stuff because 
my biggest thing is I love to help people, but I can't hand people money anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, once, once you get that last check in the NFL, uh, you, you go to zero until you get another job. Um, or you can get your pension, which is at 55 years old. So if you make it that long, you get your pension. <laughs> oh. um, you know, it's yeah. not like you can just start taking it. You yes. have to live to 55 to get it. Yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. And I'm on, I have some disability because of my injuries. And mm. now I, you know, I'm applied for more disability because I broke my back. Yeah. Um, and that not all stem from sports, uh, for sure. It just yeah. broke in December, six months ago. So, wow. I mean, there's a lot of things. That's a long-winded answer. But ultimately, <laughs> uh, I had a blast. Um, you know, I had a blast, but there's, there's so much, I mean, I want to do a documentary. I, I, I need to write a book. I mean, I want people to know, know me, like, yeah. don't judge me because yeah. you don't want me to judge you, yes. but I want you to know me. Like, do I make mistakes? I, absolutely. Yeah. But what do I do? I mean, God knows what I do for people. So I don't need credit. People to clap their hands for me. Yeah. But what I do want you, people to know is to know me. Well, one thing I want Steeler Nation to really know about you is how big your heart is. And you're involved in a lot of different charitable um, organizations. You, you, you donate a lot of your time to help better people's lives. So can you tell Steeler Nation some of the things that you're involved with? Yeah. So uh, as far as charities, I, I don't have my own charity. I do a lot of charity work uh, in our local communities here. Um, I do a lot of stuff in Pittsburgh. When the football season is up and going, um, there's a foundation here in Charlotte that I work with. Uh, it's called the Joe Moss Foundation. Joe Moss was my old boss in the car business. I was in the car business as a finance director until December of 2017. And I just um, I joined his. I'm the, I'm the president of his foundation. It's for uh, single parents, not just single mothers. Single dads too. They need help. Um, and and uh, and um, what am I trying to say? Uh, homeless pets. Um, you know. And that's in our two counties, our two communities here. Um, I pretty much do, I'm, I'm, I work with children connecting the world, um, all races, uh, all genders, um, all nationalities. Uh, you know, it's, it, we need to come together as brothers and sisters, adults and children um, to, to, to better ourselves. And that's basically what that charity does. Uh, I'm, I'm on the sports board there. I'm not the president or anything, but I'm on the sports part of the board there. Because there's a lot of different, there's religion, there's sports, there's all kind of stuff. Um, and ultimately, uh, I, I work with two companies, um, a CBD um, hemp-based company, um, uh, which uh, changed is was huge. I mean, it helps with pain and everything, cancer and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it was life-changing for my uh, mental clarity um, because after what I went through seven years ago, I I was in a bad place. Yeah. Um, and it's helped me tremendously. And also, I just recently started working with a, a company. Um, that is for focus energy and curbs appetite um, because I personally, after I broke my back, could not work out. Wow. I'm now starting to work out. Of course, the gyms aren't open. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's not helping me. Um, um, but I am doing some stuff outside and I, I need to lose weight and I know that. So I figured how can I help other people if I can't help myself? Um, so that's why I chose to work with that company. So I, and I coach uh, high school and uh, local high school kickers, North and South Carolina right now. Mm. Um, my my biggest my biggest guy is a the starting kicker for the South Carolina Gamecocks and he's he's in top ten for the Luke Rosa this coming up season he'll be a senior yeah um, I've worked with him for six years and so that's I don't take credit for it but I I do know how when he came to me how down the dumps he was and how how great he is how far he has come now mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome so I, I I got my hands on a lot of stuff because yeah. yeah 
I like to help people, uh, but like I said, I can't, I can't really do handouts anymore. Yes. So uh, mm-hmm. if I can, if I can help somebody get out of a rut, I tell, I tell them, trust me, I can relate. Yeah. If I can help somebody smile, if I can help somebody laugh, it's mm-hmm. cool. You know, whatever it takes, I, I do, I do my absolute best to help others. But I also know that if I, if I'm going to help others, I got to help myself first. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing. And of course I do, like we already talked about, I do some motivational speaking and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of came to a screeching halt. Um, when uh, the, the pandemic hit, because yeah. that'd be around a lot of people. Yes, but that'll that'll pick back up. Uh, that'll pick back up, and of course, I do Steelers appearances, and away games, home games, uh, all kind of stuff. So, mm. and actually, if if we're allowed to go to the games, because I have no idea how that's going to work yeah, out, right? <laughs> uh, I will be. I will be. Yeah. So I can't even comment on it really because I don't. I don't. I know just as much as everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but um, the Pittsburgh plays at Dallas, and I'll be joining a fan club there signing autographs and hanging out with them uh, nice. in Dallas. Um, they're Actually, they're from Houston, but nice. the game's in Dallas. So I'll be doing that. I've already committed to that. And, yeah. You know, so it, it'll be, uh, I do a lot of stuff, um, but I also like to have me time. I'm yeah. cool just chilling by myself. You know, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I don't need to always be going wild and crazy like people think. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, man, I just keep my, I just try to stay busy because, the more time you have to think, the more the more time you have to get, get into bad habits or get into a bad spot. Yeah. Now, I've got one final thing I just wanted to share with you before we get off the call. And that was my brother Justin got me what I call my Jeff Reed party shirt. And there's multiple pictures of you online wearing this T-shirt that has three little marshmallow peeps on it that says, hanging with my peeps on it. It's a phrase. Yeah, chilling with my peeps. Chill, oh, chilling with my peeps. That's it. And uh, I have yeah, I have sure. one of those shirts now because of you. So where did you get yours, and why was it a favorite of yours to wear? Uh, I just that's that was pretty much my personality written in uh, <laughs> written in one line on that shirt. I know. Um, I have about I have about twenty five different shirts that have stupid or funny sayings on them, uh-huh. and it's just me. You know, I'm I'm not a guy that's going to wear a suit everywhere I go. Uh, if I have to, I will. Uh, I'm not a guy that's going to wear slacks everywhere I go. If I have to, I will. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, I got that off of, uh, man, I think it's Bad Idea T-shirts or <laughs> com or something like that. Nice. A little sh- shameless plug for them. If yeah. it's not them, they have some funny stuff. Yeah, I think it's called Bad Idea T-shirts. I, I think it's kind of local, too. It's in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, uh, that's what I, that was me. That's what I wore when I went out. That's just you know, I'm a t-shirt, shorts, or jeans kind of guy. Nice. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a casual, laid-back dude. So, I, I mean, I guess the reason I got that is just because it, it's pretty much you know, my personality's written all over it. Oh, that's great. And that, I want to give you a t-shirt of, of our own here and send you a Steeler Nation podcast t-shirt. I can deal with that stuff, or we can talk about that on text and stuff after the call. But uh, we really, really appreciate you sharing your time in, in your day, especially with everything going on in the world. And it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to Steeler Nation. So thank you a lot so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, for sure. I hope everyone got a little different perspective of me if they didn't know me already. I'm sure some people on your uh, your listening crew um, I've met and come across so they know me. But mm-hmm. uh, I just hope everyone stays safe, healthy. Um, uh, you know, try to follow his orders as best you can uh, because, you know, it's, it's tough to – stay at home all the time yeah, um, but I hope everyone stays uh, stays healthy or gets healthy if they're not healthy and um, you know I look forward to football season because no sports man it's been pretty crazy but I appreciate you guys having me on and hopefully it went as planned mm. excellent interview thank you so much Jeff Steeler Nation you have to follow Jeff on social media 
His Twitter is at the real Jeff Reed. That's at T H E R E A L J E F F R E E D. He talks about everything, wrestling, you know, helping people out in the community, talks Steelers, talks Penguins. So start following him because he's definitely worth a follow, as you know, just from hearing how interesting he is today. Also, Father's Day is the weekend, and you can get great gift for dad on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and color choice to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steeler content on the Internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews and click the forum button for the best football discussion on the interweb. Subscribe to SteelerNation.com on the YouTube channel to be the first in the know for our live vidcasts and video uploads. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast or follow myself at Instagram and Twitter at SN Striker with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Striker, with Jeff Reed, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!